we we did something that I, I I would say you guys would not recommend doing, and we traveled on the day. So to get oh no from my house <laughs> to get from my house she to made the it ship, on the ship, Sam. She made it on the ship. Don't give her a hard time. <laughs> no, so to get from my house to the ship, I took a car and then a plane and then a bus and then a train. Oh my goodness! We walked. <laughs> Uh, maybe a few hundred meters, and we're at the ship. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, you know what time it is. It's review time. Woohoo! Review time. Mail call, mail call. All right. Our review this week comes from Sarah Webb, who writes, Great listen. I have so enjoyed this podcast and listening to all the different viewpoints from guests and from Sam and Brian. I've been able to pick up some great tips and tricks, as well as just relive the magic until we're able to get on our next cruise. This has been my happy place, just getting to go and stick my head in the Disney clouds. These guys are so easy to listen to and very well-spoken. Thanks, guys. Well, Sam, you're well-spoken. What do you think about that? I mean, you got a, you, you've got a career <laughs> in uh, litigation, so I think that's probably a good a good trait to have, right? Yeah, I would I, I would hope so. But um, I appreciate the comment, Sarah. That's uh, We're very happy to oblige you with sticking your head in the Disney clouds. Um, <laughs> that's what we like to do every single day. I, I, uh, we don't I, think, get to- I think some listeners accuse us of sticking our head someplace else, but we won't get into that. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show. This is but, a family uh, show, Brian. No, but actually, I'm super excited because she mentioned, you know, different views and different perspectives. And we have a guest today who I think is going to offer perhaps a very different perspective than the one that we are used to having. And that is because she comes from all the way across the Pacific Ocean. And uh, she lives in New Zealand. She's a Kiwi. Uh, So most of our guests, of course, are American with the occasional Brit, uh, you know, mixed in here. But now we've got Lauren from New Zealand joining us today. Thank you, Lauren, for joining us. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. Oh, I love it. Bringing out the Maori. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we just discovered the remakes of uh, Disney songs in Maori. Uh, we talked to someone else from uh, Australia, New Zealand the other day, and she pointed us that direction. And I've been listening to a few of those remakes are really, really, really lovely. So yes. Great to have you joining us all the way from Down Under, and so can't wait to talk about this cruise. But before we dive into the specific cruise, Lauren, we always like to get folks' background with cruising. I believe this might have been your first cruise ever and your first Disney cruise ever, but have you had any other experience with uh, with Disney? Yeah, so this was my first ever cruise. It's something I've always wanted to do, but never really had the opportunity. And with Disney, I mean... I grew up as a massive Disney fan. Certainly as a child, I was playing those VHS tapes again and again and again. And um, I think owned probably every single classic, um, both in book and um, DVD or VHS form. But other than going to Tokyo Disney when I was about 13, I have no other real face-to-face Disney experience. So it was very exciting to finally have the opportunity to experience some magic like this on this side of the world. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. For those listening, for those kids out there who don't know what a DVD or VHS tape is, (laughs) that's what we had before we ever had streaming. That's like pre-internet movies. (laughs) I, you know, it's funny. I, I think about it, but you know, really kids nowadays, like 
our son, who's 10, has no concept of when, you know, movies and TV didn't just like stream onto the TV. Yeah. So yeah. very, very strange. I remember having to pack DVDs in my suitcase for cruises, long cruises, when they'd still provide you with like oh a DVD gosh. player. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, crazy. And they had libraries on board where you could, where you could mm-hmm. read physical books and get VHS tapes for your room. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Uh, <laughs> well, Lauren, this uh, this whole concept of Disney sailing out of Australia New Zealand is pretty, uh, well, it's very new. This is the first year they're doing it. You know, how excited were you to see Disney coming your direction? And, you know, did your friends and family think you were nuts for going on a Disney cruise? I was so excited. Um, I I have a bit of a confession though. Um, when they first announced that Disney Magic at Sea was coming over to New Zealand, I I was so excited, but I was not in a position to be booking a cruise whatsoever. I was, uh, I think, I just uh, graduated from university and uh, was just trying to, you know, start this new chapter of my life and. It was very much a dream. It was a closer dream, but it was still very much a dream. So I think my family definitely did think I was crazy, but that's probably more because we ended up booking our sailing three weeks out. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's <laughs> wow. very last minute. Now we have had, we have some friends who booked the night before a cruise, which is, I mean, just crazy. But yeah, yeah three Craig, weeks is... Craig and Kelly, we're talking about you now, uh, if yeah. it's not obvious, but yes. <laughs> but but three weeks is still very belated so what yeah what made you pull that trigger and or click that button and say i'm gonna go on on this cruise in three weeks yeah so i think there were a few different reasons um the first being that uh when I graduated from university, it had been my dream and my goal to actually go on a cruise as like a graduation gift for myself. And unfortunately, I graduated right around the time where um, COVID was sort of really causing a lot of shutdowns and delays still um, in the cruising industry. And also where it wasn't really as socially acceptable, shall I say, to um, just be jumping on what my fr- some of my friends would call a plague boat. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I sort of was pretty crushed to realize that um, that dream of cruising was, you know, that little bit further away uh, at that time. And then when I saw that uh, Disney were coming to the side of the globe, I thought, wow, this is my chance. But unfortunately, I've also um, been quite unwell for the past few years and spent quite a bit of time in hospital. So it is really hard to sort of pre-plan these things and to um, obviously book something so far in advance when I didn't know how I would be doing physically was quite a stressful thing to do. But yeah, we we keep talking about it. I keep thinking about it. And uh, when I realized that because the sailing was so soon, the uh, prices were pretty pretty good and the opportunity was there, I thought, hey, let's do it. And my friend and I joked about it. And then all of a sudden, it was a real thing. Oh my goodness, I cannot tell you how exciting but also stressful it is to book a your very first cruise as well, but to book a sailing three weeks from departure because there was so much to organize, so much to do. And it was literally all I lived and breathed for that entire three weeks. So when we actually got to embarkation day, I was I was so excited, but also very relieved because it, it was mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're sorry to hear that you've been unwell, but we're happy that you were well enough to obviously book the sailing and then go on this um, sailing. 
so was the timing then just sort of coincidence? It just kind of worked out with the, you know, or was there something about, so you did an, an Auckland to Auckland, let's call it. Um, so a, a closed loop, to, a, a, a sailing to nowhere on the Disney Wonder. <laughs> And I say that is because it went to sea and it did not make any port stops along the way. And and you did a three night sailing. Was that particular sailing just it just kind of worked out timing wise? Yeah. So there were a few options we could have had, but I think given the short time frame, I it would have been really challenging to try and go from New Zealand to Australia, which was one of the options, purely because then we would have been having to think about. Uh, the international aspect of it and that would have been a bit more complicated with flights and you know passports and things like that so doing this particular sailing meant that we could uh, pop up to Auckland which is about just under two hours flight from where I live and uh, then go on this cruise for a few days it was my first one so also I wasn't entirely sure how Uh, my body was going to handle it and how I was going to actually like it. Um, So it was nice to just have that little taster, uh, which I think you guys have recommended before. And I'm definitely glad I followed that advice so that I could just get a bit of a taste, even though now I'm desperate for more. And then after (laughs) the cruise finished, we could go home and yeah, not have to have quite so much admin because even, even domestically, like even just traveling within New Zealand, it was, it was a lot to organize and a lot, uh, especially from the health side of things. I had to take a lot of like medical supplies with me. So uh, doing that internationally or doing that for a longer period of time would have probably still been quite a challenge. So yeah. Well, let's talk about the the planning side before we dive into the actual cruise. You've only got three weeks to plan. You know, you've got to obviously get enough of your medication to take with you, pack it all up, get all ready to go. But what about like the the stuff on board? Like, was there anything at that point available uh, to book on board? Because obviously everybody's, you know, booking windows had been open for some yeah. time at that point. Um, I imagine most of the people who were sailing were first time cruisers because, you know, obviously the f- this first year Disney had ever been to uh, New Zealand or Australia. But was was there anything available to book or were you not even like, I don't need to worry about that. I'll just do stuff and figure it out on board. Yeah. So certainly there was a lot of excitement and a lot of hype from Kiwis and Aussies. I think a majority of the people on my sailing were from New Zealand, but we did have a few Australians who had came over either on a another sailing and then, you know, done a, another leg or who had come over specifically to sail with us. But they they were all learning as we went along, but because of social media and all of the um, cruising Facebook groups, a lot of people were quite clued up as to what you know, to expect and what to do before you board. So it did mean that, yes, everything was sold out. Uh, I think we possibly could have looked at getting some of the uh, like room decor or some of those little packs for your rooms, which were nice, but not necessarily what we were looking for in our first cruise. So we did just have to hope that once we boarded, we might be able to join a wait list if there was a particular thing we were wanting to do. Uh, and things like that. But also because it was our first time, we were just happy to be on board and we were just really looking forward to figuring things out as we went and realizing that we definitely would need more time if we actually wanted to do everything on the ship. So it's probably good that we didn't have too many additional activities or things booked. Like we didn't go to Palo, for example, which I am gutted about, but at the same time, 
I don't think that we would have really had the time. Like it's, yeah. I, I wouldn't have properly enjoyed it, you know? So yeah, the one thing that we did really want to do was go to the Royal Gathering, which was sold out at that time or booked out at that time. And uh, when we boarded the ship, we went straight to guest services and uh, were put on the wait list. And we fortunately, I think, ended up being the very last passengers on at the very last Royal Gathering to um get a mission great so that was really really special and very exciting that they all kind of worked out in the end but yeah how was the uh i'm just curious because you know over here we're constantly complaining about the technology to book things and that sort of stuff i mean it sounds like you were close enough in time maybe you didn't experience the crush of that but you know leading up to the cruise you've got to book it you know potentially do some activity booking through the app and then also you know, check in for the cruise to the app. Did things work pretty smoothly for you throughout that process? Yeah, I think so. I think it was quite hit and miss over here, uh, like for everyone. Uh, we obviously booked, yeah, so last minute that we were able to check in straight away. And we were quite lucky in that the, uh, I think a lot of people had issues with submitting uh, photographs for identification um, that would be declined. We were accepted straight away. And uh, even though, you know, it is a manual process, so it took a little while to have things all confirmed, uh, we still managed to get our, our baggage tags before our sailing, which I think wasn't super common for everybody who had booked and those people had booked, you know, months and months, if not a year in advance. So it was really luck of the draw in some ways. And uh, yeah, we, we found the process all to be pretty smooth. I don't think we had any issues, but certainly I saw on some of the, you know, Facebook groups and things that there were people who really struggled, but no, we, we were very lucky, which was a relief because it was stressful enough having to plan everything <laughs> in such a short space of time. So, yeah. Yeah. One, you know, thing that people sometimes need to think about doing is contacting special services. And I see this because, you know, if you're bringing on any kind of, you know, medical devices or, you know, things like that, you often need to have contact with special services ahead of time, or at least it makes it easier if you do. Did you have to go through any of that, Lauren? Yeah. So I actually, I did contact uh, special services. Uh, for a few reasons, the first being that initially we weren't really sure what you know what it involved in terms of if there was any uh, I guess special things that we needed to do for me to be able to bring that equipment on board. Um, and then also, am uh, fortunate enough I guess in that um, while I'm a wheelchair user, I'm an ambulatory wheelchair user, so I am able to still walk and stand for. Um, you know, shorter periods of time. And so it sort of then became the discussion of, do I bring my wheelchair with me or do I, you know, use one on board if I need to? How is that going to work? Is that just going to end up being more of a, you know, more of a hindrance than anything else or things like that? And so, yeah, I think I ended up speaking with special services twice uh, in that three-week period and they were so helpful and really, really easy to deal with. Uh, I think they were also quite excited to be speaking with someone from New Zealand, which is really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I yeah. bet they were. It is yeah. it's <laughs> just a different experience for them, obviously. Yeah. But no, they were really helpful and it was a super straightforward process. There was no issues whatsoever with me bringing uh, medical equipment on board. And in fact, actually, um, without jumping ahead too much, 
uh, when we did uh, get our, our bags after checking in, uh, my medical bag was untouched, but it was actually my personal luggage that looked like it had been opened and gone through, which I, I found really amusing purely because my medical bag was probably much more exciting in terms of what was inside it. So, <laughs> yeah, but no, no issues at all. Uh, the only other thing we did do actually is I contacted um, people prior as well to discuss the dining uh, because because we booked so late, we were automatically put into that late dining session. And although we joined the wait list for the early dining, at that point I figured I might as well try and ask to see if we could change purely because um, I'm able to eat but only small amounts and eating so late at night was really not the best for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so... I did see if I could get it changed prior to going on our sailing, but I'm honestly so grateful that we ended up having to stick with it because it was the perfect dining period. And I think going forward, I would just do it anyway. It just made the rest of the time on the ship that much easier and probably better, actually. I mean, also, there was enough children in our dining, but it was, I can only imagine how much busier and probably more chaotic <laughs> early dining sessions are oh. so oh, night yeah. and day night and <laughs> yeah. day at times oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, we, yeah. and the shows reflect that too we always yes. we, we warn people so if you're big into the shows like I am, um, you know, if you go the earlier show while there will be some kids there um, it will be a lot less uh, children than the late show because it's you because you eat opposite your dining and so yeah, yeah I very much prefer the early show and the late dining and that's one of one of many reasons why but I guess the I guess the question then for you Lauren would be is were you able to I mean there's a lot of food available on the ship between the cabanas and the pool deck and then of course the dining rooms were you able to you know were you able to be accommodated as far as your, you know, your eating so that you could, you know, eat smaller amounts over a period of time? Obviously, dinner is very, a lot of food, very heavy dinners. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fantastic, actually. Uh, I think we, I'm very grateful to have resources like you guys. And there are also a lot of uh, Kiwi and Australian uh, vloggers and people who had been documenting uh, their time on the Wonder, which was really helpful because it did mean that when we set foot on the ship, we we had more of an idea about where to go, what to do, and what to expect. So I was able to really plan out my day in terms of okay, well we might you know go to Cabanas for breakfast, but then at lunchtime we'll definitely grab a bite by the pool because there is so many options and you know if I only want to have a little bit I can have that there but then later on we could also go and maybe get some ice cream or you know it really was so flexible and it was also really sweet our servers were fantastic um I remember on our very first night of dining uh we sat there and I was very overwhelmed. There was a lot going on. <laughs> it was, you know, all of a sudden it was, and we also, we went to Tiana's. And so it was oh, like gosh. our very first dinner. Yeah. It was like baptism it's very by loud. fire. Yeah. Very it's, loud. Uh, and yeah. It's Mardi Gras night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But I remember I said to my server, I said, oh, excuse me, um, could I please have a, a kid's menu? 
And he looked at me and he was like, yes, yes, of course. And he goes away. He brings back this kid's menu. And then I sit there, A, coloring for the rest of the dinner, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but B, was able to order something that was a little bit more my size and also something that was a little bit easier for my body to handle. Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the adult um, meals were very rich, which is fantastic, yes. but not quite so good for someone like myself. And it was really great too, because from that first night, it meant that our second rotation, we rocked up to Triton's and without even having to say anything, there it was, the table was set with a kid's menu right there for me, which was just the most special thing because it's, you know, it wasn't a one-off. I did want to order from the kid's menu every evening. And it was just so nice to not have to make a big deal of it and for the servers to so be so accommodating and accepting of that. And so it did make it a lot easier. And even though we did eat a lot later at night because we were in the late dining, because we weren't generally going to bed straight away because there were so many other things going on, you know, with deck shows and then also uh, like the after hours things in the Cadillac Lounge and yeah, in Azure and things. It was it was actually not as bad as I was expecting, which I was really, really, really relieved about. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, we've got to back up. We've been talking about food quite a bit, but I, we've got to back up and talk about embarkation. You obviously, you know, you travel to the port up in Auckland and how is the, the boarding process? Was it chaos there or was it relatively smooth? Okay. So just to preface this, we we did something that I, I I would say you guys would not recommend doing and we traveled on the day. So to get oh, no. from my house <laughs> to get from my house. She to made the it ship, on the ship, Sam. She made it on the ship. Yeah, Don't give her a hard time. <laughs> so to get from my house to the ship, I took a car and then a plane and then a bus and then a train. Oh my goodness. Walked. <laughs> Uh, maybe a few hundred meters and we're at the ship and it was the most chaotic but exciting experience <laughs> of my life and we, we we did well like we did have a lot of time we we I think our boarding time was 1 45 p.m so we probably our flight was maybe 10 something so we had some we had some time oh my goodness Uh, you're terrifying me lauren (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry it was it was exciting (laughs) but yeah um when we got there though it was fantastic because obviously we we weren't needing to drop our bags off first or anything like that we were able to just uh you know go straight onto the ship so we well we dropped off our bags and then continued on through the boarding and check-in process there were a lot of people, I, I'll give you that, but it was so straightforward. It felt very smooth. Uh, there were no real issues. We didn't have to wait uh, outside the terminal at all. We sort of just went straight in. And the only real waiting we did was waiting to actually be checked in, uh, which even then was a pretty quick process. So no, it was all very smooth. And I was almost probably quite grateful to be one of those later times because I think it meant that a lot of that kind of chaos had died down because people kind of had figured out what they needed to do and it wasn't quite so I know there was a lot of people that tried to turn up early and you know we get turned away and that sort of thing and I knew well a we couldn't do that because we were we had the <laughs> amount of time but b yeah we we knew not to so yeah, it was really easy awesome all right well 
you are, you know, on the gangway, you are entering the beautiful Disney wonder. Were you able to enter into the atrium of the ship or did you have to enter on a a different deck? I ask that because there is some variation based on what port you're sailing out of. Yeah, no. So we were able to enter into the atrium. I was very excited. And also we had, we had to have a deep discussion, my friend and I, as to what we right. wanted to be announced as. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what name do they announce? Do they announce your last name, her last name, but your first names? Yeah. Yeah. So we went with Lauren and Emma, which was fantastic. Um, I would love to cruise solo just so I could be announced as Lauren, because I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very exciting and it was hard not to get emotional. Just, oh gosh, I'm going to get emotional now. Hard not to get emotional just walking on and um, seeing everything in person. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I heard from the other person I talked to from New Zealand that uh, this announcing your name when you boarded the ship was catching a lot of people. Uh, I don't want to say by surprise or off guard, but like it's not within keeping of New Zealand culture that it, it's sort of like people are like, what is going on here right now? Was, was that kind yeah. of your experience as well? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I knew to expect it, which was which was good. But certainly, yeah, I would agree. It's not really something that Kiwis do, you know, we uh, we have something um, called tall poppy syndrome, whereas if anybody is sort of being too loud or too out there, too sort of, I guess, proud really, or if anything, too Disney in the respect that, you know, we're sort of putting on a show, we're like, no, yeah, no, too center sh- of like, attention. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. Like, you know, and so it was, it was, it was weird to be feeling so special and to have all the attention on you and people clapping for you and waving and but I think that it's just not something yeah we're really used to because we don't have a lot of that here um to Mm -hmm. be exposed to so I'll tell you this is a very American thing Lauren (laughs) (laughs) look at me look at me very American things I think on the ship that I've said wow but some of them are great some of them are a bit strange but you know it's just different it's like it's almost like a culture shock in the weirdest way yeah oh that just cracks me up all right well you get onto the ship you're getting a little emotional after they announce your name and everyone's clapping but what did you think of the wonder and and how she looked and you know did you go exploring right away or what was your sort of first uh plan of action yeah, well, I think as I said before, we we got on and straight away off to guest services because I wanted that royal gathering. Oh, that's right for the princesses. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we went there, and that was a really straightforward process. And then from there, I think we did what every other person I've seen um, do on that ship is we turned around and then just started walking straight um, towards what would be Tiana's and. You know, we realized quickly, oh, no, we don't actually want to go this way. We want to go to Cabanas. So we turned around and then kind of wandered around staring at things going, wow. And everyone's saying hello. And it was all very exciting, but it was like, oh, my goodness, we're actually here. What's happening? And we somehow managed to find the elevators and or the lifts, as we would call them. (laughs) And we um, went up to deck nine and uh fortunately came out at the right place and were able to (laughs) join the line for some lunch which of course we were by that point pretty hungry after our big journey from home so yeah absolutely now did you end up um bringing your wheelchair or did you end up um deciding to leave that back at home yeah, so I actually did not bring my wheelchair in the end. Um, the main reason being, apart from 
our big journey to get to the ship, which would have just made things that much more stressful. Uh, so I already had two big suitcases uh, with me. Um, I realized that when it came to boarding the ship, I would be responsible for my wheelchair until our room was ready. And because I wasn't sure how long that would be, I thought that it might be easier not to bring it because, I mean, I think because I was feeling okay, I didn't want to have to be obviously pushing it around. But also I wanted to be able to walk when I could because it's, you know, a lot better for my body and a lot better for my um, mental and physical health, really. So, yeah, I decided to leave it at home, but was able to, you know, be pointed in the direction of the chairs on the ship. And they were really accommodating with that, too. So I felt quite confident when I needed one that it was there for me. And uh, that was, yeah, no issue. But it was a hard decision. And I think if I was to go on a longer sailing or to go on one that actually had stops, I would bring my own. But certainly for the first time, it was the right decision for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know that you could actually, you know, borrow one or use one on board. So that's, I think, a really great piece of information for for people who are ambulatory, but do use a wheelchair for when, you know, longer periods of walking or, or, you know, are a problem. Um, I had no idea that was an option. So I I think that's, that's great to know and, and that you can reach out to special services to kind of figure that, that stuff out. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the, the onboard experiences that you all uh, got up to. Are you uh, trivia people? Are you game show people? I mean, or are you just pool deck people or are you a little bit of everything? Okay, so I think for it being our first Disney cruise or for it being my first cruise, uh, full stop, I think the person I was traveling with, she'd been on maybe one or two before overseas. So she knew more what to expect, but because there was that sort of Disney component to it, everything was new and exciting for us. And because, you know, we don't have characters you know, Disney characters in our backyard either. They were a massive draw card for us, which meant we did a lot of waiting, I think a lot longer than most um, character meets that you would be used to. We were sort of waiting. I think the longest we waited was maybe two hours uh, to meet. Yeah, to meet Donald. And that was, I think, because it was his last outing. Did you say two how long did you say? Two hours, she said. Two hours. Brian. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's park. That's park level wait lines. Oh let my me, gosh. Let me, let me just say one thing here as a caveat. So generally speaking, on Disney Cruise Line in the states, you will not wait two hours. But there are some exceptions, right? Like, and the exceptions are when there's like a really special character or a really special outfit. So like for the Halloween on the high seas sailings, they have um, Mickey, or sorry, not Mickey, Minnie, Daisy, and Clarabelle dressed as the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. And that line will be like an hour. And same for Chip and Dale in their Halloween costumes, because you get to meet them both together, usually about like an hour. So there are longer waits but they're te- but they tend to be for a special costume, special character type thing, not the norm. But yeah, two hours for Donald—that's quite a long time. <laughs> wow! I have to say, with with our character meets, we we did learn, and I mean, it got easier as the sailing went on because we would know when the best time was to sort of join the line, or when the best time was to uh, try and meet a character in the first place. But I think. We were maybe second is really exciting. Oh, wow. 
and yeah. then maybe third in line to meet, I think, Goofy. Uh, but otherwise, we waited for a minimum of an hour for every character other than Minnie, who we were very luckily able to bump into uh, while she was taking a walk on, on the, the deck. And oh, I thought nice. that my accent isn't terrible. When yeah, I, I love it. Deck. We <laughs> love you. Lauren, we love your accent, and I'm sure the listeners are loving your accent as well because this is not what they get to hear every day. I love no, it. No, so so yeah, Minnie was out on the deck, and uh, I remember the cast member with her said, "Minnie's just out for a walk. She may choose to move on at any time." And I was standing there. I think she was possibly the third character I met on our sailing, and I was standing there with my autograph book waiting behind this you know in this little line that had formed to try and meet her and I was shaking I was so excited but I was so anxious that she was going to walk away she obviously didn't and um, I was able to get this photograph which is probably one of my favorites actually because I've got the backdrop of the beautiful blue sea behind us and I I literally I I, I cried and it was really sweet because Minnie, Minnie looked a bit shocked and the cast member said, oh, no, it's okay. I cried when I met Minnie too. And <laughs> yeah, it just was so exciting because I, it was really unexpected. You know, we weren't actually expecting to bump into her. So I think that made it that much more special and that much more magical. Uh, but yeah, meeting all of the characters was fantastic. And I, I love how um, intimate and personal those experiences are, even with those massive lines. You know, you felt like you were the only person in the room for that moment and I thought that was really really great that they could still provide that experience because you know this isn't something that we we get to do every day over here like you know going all the way to America for most people was a pipe dream so this was yeah so fantastic and I think the characters were probably one of my most favorite parts of the entire sailing probably closely followed by trivia (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it amazing how they're able to like interact with you through like pantomime, you know, and you can completely understand each other. I always find it just fascinating. Oh, I think it's, I think it's so great. And it's really sweet as well uh, that each um, character is so different too. Like every interaction is so special. And I remember um, when I met Tiana, it was really cool because she actually said, oh, thank you so much for coming to dinner the other night. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And I mean, you know, she may not have remembered me, but the fact that, you know, she was taking, if she didn't remember me, she was having to guess if I'd actually been to, to dinner right. with her, which made me think she probably does remember me because we she did have a good conversation. You. Yeah. And that was that was really neat. Like it, it did make it that much more personal and yeah, no, I, I'm very happy to have my, we have a wee coffee table and I do have my little autograph book with some photos in it of each character. So it's very special. And oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right. You mentioned trivia. What did, trivias? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what trivias did you all get up to? And are, were you any good? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, my goodness. I, I have I have something I'm gonna I'm gonna spill the beans on and I really hope that nobody in the Disney universe judges me for this. But <laughs> okay, so I was I said to my friend, I said, we are not stopping going to trivia until we win a medal because <laughs> I was so desperate. So, so desperate and so excited by the idea. I'm very competitive. So um we went to a few different trivias. We did 
some of the Disney, the Disney themed ones. Uh, we did a Pixar one. We did a '90s music one, a '2000s music one. I think, yeah, mostly it was. Oh, there was maybe a quote one as well. And every single time, we would do really well, but we wouldn't win. And I remember I was getting so frustrated, but I mean, I was having fun, but it just would be so heartbreaking when we'd realized that we were the people, like we came second a few times and it was just what ended up happening. And this is where um, I feel a little guilty because I haven't actually admitted this to anybody, but I'm going to tell you because it was really special. And honestly, it was, it was some more magic and another moment where I cried, but basically uh, after after we finished a particular trivia, uh, I think it was a party of two that won and we'd come second again. And I'd been talking with the cast member beforehand, you know, we'd been having a bit of uh, banter. You guys know the word banter? Yeah, we know yeah. the word yeah? banter. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been having some banter and I um, was walking away with my friend. We were in the French Quarter Lounge, just to give you an idea of where we are on the ship. And as we were walking away, um, this person comes up behind us and goes, oh, um, excuse me. And we turn around and it's this cast member and she says, I know how badly you've been wanting to win one of these. And so I just was wondering if you wanted to have this. And she gave us a medal and I literally just started sobbing and I said, we can stop going to trivia. (laughs) (laughs) I was so relieved because it was It was becoming a chore. It was still fun, but you know, I was just so, so desperate, so determined. And I haven't actually told anybody that, including Pluto, who I, of course, I wore my medal proudly to see Pluto. (laughs) Because it had Pluto on it. It was a Pluto medal. Oh, yeah, I love that. But I, I'm winning at life, you know, not trivia, yes. but life. So <laughs> listen, listen, it doesn't matter how the magic happens. It matters that it happens, right? I mean, cast members, yeah. And cast members pixie dust people all the time with, with all kinds of magic. So, you know, I, I would say that you don't have to keep it secret anymore, Lauren. Your secret is no longer safe because it's on the <laughs> podcast. But Honestly, these are such magical moments when a cast member does something like that. And and honestly, sometimes it's another um, passenger that that causes that kind of pixie dust or magic. I I was going to say, we talked to somebody recently. It may have actually been the other uh, person I talked to from New Zealand. And they they mentioned that they really wanted to win a medal. They were going to trivia. They were constantly getting beat by the same family. And uh, much like we did one time, Sam, at the end of the cruise. Yes, it was yesterday. The last trivia we had. Yeah, last the last uh, trivia we had where we were winning, we, we went over to this couple that had been trying to win them out. <laughs> so, you know, just we have plenty. Take ours. Like uh, it's more important that you have have a have a memento than we have another medal. So yeah, but yeah, it's I think it's fabulous when when people make that kind of magic happen, uh, whether it be other cruisers or or cast members. So I love that. <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, 
riders and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. All right. Well, so you're relieved. You you don't have to go to trivia anymore. Um, or at least, at least it's not mandatory because you can actually go and do some other stuff. Um, what other? Yeah. What other things did you get up to on board? And let's we'll we'll talk daytime activities because I do want to shift and talk about some of the. I know you were, were able to do some of the later night activities as well, but let's talk more daytime activities. Okay. So yeah, our days. I mean, we did spend a lot of time waiting in lines uh, for those characters, which I think every every minute of that waiting, you know, even though sometimes it was hard, there was always something to look at. There was always something going on. And we made so many friends waiting in those lines. And it was actually really, really fun to be able to meet people from around the country. And in New Zealand, we have what they would call two degrees of separation um, because <laughs> everybody knows each other that much more than in some of those bigger countries. And so very quickly, I met people who knew so-and-so and, you know, it was it was really neat to do that. But uh, other than waiting in lines, we, gosh, what did we do? Oh, actually, no, I tell you, we went to, which... One of the things I thought was the most exciting, um, mainly because it is such a fun movie uh, to watch and to sing along to, we went to the Encanto Celebration. Oh, love it. Which, yeah, it was really fun. We got to make our own maracas and uh, we watched as the children sung and danced and we sat there shaking our maracas. And then at the very end, we got to meet Mirabelle and Bruno, which was really special because I was quite excited to meet them. They were um, characters who, yeah, I think are really fun. And so that was quite, that was quite an exciting experience. Yeah. I love that experience too. They just, they just started doing it first. It got introduced on the magic. And then of course it got introduced on the wonder, but specifically I think for the trans-Pacific sailings and then the sailings out of New Zealand and Australia. So it's actually very new. It's a new thing. So most people who have sailed on Disney Cruise Line have not experienced the Encanto celebration. Oh. So you are, <laughs> so you are in a in a unique uh, position, Lauren. But yeah, it's a fantastic. Um, it's really fun, as you mentioned. It's mostly a, a sing along, and then you get to uh, then Mirabelle and Bruno come out towards the towards the end, and you get to you know take your picture with them if you if you'd like. So that's yeah, super fun. Well, let's talk um, shows as. A big Disney fan, I imagine you were interested in seeing some of the shows in the Walt Disney Theater. Am I correct? Definitely, yes. Yeah. What What shows did you see, and what did you think? Okay, so yeah, I am a big theater kid, uh, so going to the shows was very much high up there on my priority list. We were sure to get there super early each night to get a good seat, uh, but we had. The Disney Dreams, Golden Mickeys, and Frozen, which were, I mean, for me, all very new and all very exciting. But if I had to pick which one I enjoyed the most, 
if I had to pick, shall I say, because I think they were all actually fantastic. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell yeah. I'm gonna tell you yeah. to hold off because okay. we're gonna do a rapid fire at the end. So I want to okay. hold your answer for now. But you, you're having a tough time, obviously, picking your favorite. But we'll we'll talk your favorite at the end. But it sounds okay. like you, you enjoyed them all. I did. Awesome. I think they were fantastic. Yeah. Blown awesome. away. <laughs> oh, yay. I love hearing that because I think they're fantastic. I think the quality is just so, so very high on Disney Cruise Line. And I'm not sure that any other cruise line can even come close. And certainly no other cruise line, I think, can beat them. But I, I don't even think they come close. Let's um, talk a little bit about those, you know, late night adult activities. Um, it sounds like you spent some time in Azure and, or Azure, I, I never remember how to say that, and, or the and the Cadillac Lounge. Did you go to match your mate? Did you go to some of the adult-only trivias or game shows? What did you get up to? Yeah, so we didn't do too many adults-only things purely because, well, I guess adults-only trivia or um, like match your mate certainly well I wasn't with a mate I don't have a mate sadly so it felt a little a little strange to go to that I'm sure it would have been oh, fun but okay next time you're on oh, next no, time you're on a, a Disney ship it's, yeah. it's 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 <laughs> hilarious and fun to watch so I'm going to tell yeah, it's and more I, of a it's more of a comedy show that's supported by volunteers from the audience than it is uh, themselves. Yes. yeah exactly exactly yeah Next time, definitely. Uh, we did go to karaoke, though, which was Ooh. really fun. Yeah. Um, it wasn't something I was expecting to actually participate in. I was just going along to watch and to support my friend. And all of a sudden, I was up on stage. So that was um, a little unexpected. We actually, believe it or not, uh, did a, a bit of a, a throwback classic sort of, I'll say classic, some people might argue, but high school musical. Uh, we did Breaking <laughs> Free. And oh. uh, yeah, I was Troy. She was Gabriella. And I love it. <laughs> I think it probably actually looks like we were trying to reenact the movie because that was about the level of uh, anxiety and talent was on display. <laughs> but <laughs> it was really fun. And uh, we did actually, uh, while we were at karaoke, another person got up to uh, perform and they went up with some of the people from their uh, sailing party and I kid you not they had like a full-on dance routine um, choreographed for their karaoke so I don't know whether they'd been practicing it or whether it just all came out for the first time but it was incredible so it was yeah really fun to be there and it was definitely something that I think People had a lot of liquid courage on board, but <laughs> yeah, so it was it was really nice because that's not something you know that we do a lot here in New Zealand. Uh, so yeah, it was really neat. Oh, I love that. You know, it, it's definitely popular here in the states, but I will say on Disney Cruise Line, there seems to be like just a higher caliber of talent. Um, yeah. And it's probably because it's, you know, people like you and me, Lauren, you know, theater kids who maybe couldn't make it professionally at, in the theater, but are probably better than like the average person singing. <laughs> and so, yeah, possibly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then the other special thing, actually, that I really enjoyed uh, was going to the Cadillac Lounge. And there was a, um, I mean, obviously, I've not been on uh, a Disney cruise before, but I'm assuming that the performers who are on board sort of rotate through. But there was this incredible singer from the UK. Uh, his name is Will Pearson, and 
He was just amazing. I tried to go to every single one of his sets. And I think on the very final night, uh, it was his second to last set. Everybody, I think, was pretty tired and had kind of all popped off to bed. I turned up and I was literally the only person in the room. And so I had a little private show and it was it was really special. And I mean, yeah, I think eventually a few more people drifted in, but there was certainly, you know, a good few songs and I just sat there going, what I can't believe this is my life like wow and yeah it was really really neat to be able to request songs and to just sit there and enjoy his talent and yeah I I love music like I'm that person who you know as I did with the shows actually I sat there and they only had to play the first few bars of whatever song it was and I was sobbing with excitement and joy because it just yeah music is a massive thing for me so yeah it was really cool to experience that as well because it wasn't just Disney that he was performing you know there was some some jazz and some of the classics from the Beatles and you know other incredible bands so yeah it was it was really neat yeah Disney has some fantastic performers in the different you know bar venues and on the wonder obviously Cadillac Lounge I feel like is probably you know that and the French Quarter Lounge are like the two best like music venues on board, and there's always you know a performer in, in the afternoon or in the evening or both um, in those in those spaces. Just a, a really fun fun experience. Now we talked a little bit about dining, so we, we don't need to go you know deep dive on on the food. Obviously, we know the food is very rich and there's a lot of it. And so you have to kind of scale yourself back so that you don't make yourself sick, obviously. But what did you think of, you know, the entertainment in the dining room? You obviously you had Tiana's and, and you, of course, had Animator's Palette as two of your dining experiences. And then, of course, you had Triton's, which is a little bit more muted, formal, you know, not, there's not a show that goes along with it. But were you expecting all of this dining entertainment or did you or were you sort of surprised by it? And, and what did you think of it all? I think I'm not sure whether I would have preferred to go in blind or whether I'm grateful that I did have some idea of what to expect uh, from dining on a Disney cruise because because I'd done my homework, so to speak, I did I did know that there was going to be a little bit of, I guess, craziness while we ate, uh, but it was it was really neat. I I did really enjoy it, and I think I was excited and glad that I knew about, say, what happened to animators because it meant that I could go in with that knowledge to be able to do my best drawing and to uh, be prepared to try and capture that at the end as well and to also to stay until the end in case, you know, for some reason we tried to sway to kick things off because it sort of really did, you know, set the tone for the rest of our sailing. And I know also with our sail away uh, party, a lot of the people in the audience with us were just like, oh my gosh, what is this? Because we are not used to, you know, that big loud entertainment here like it just isn't something that we really have and so it was quite a experience to go from that to Tiana's to then the next night to have Tritons where it was a little bit more special uh, to be in such a gorgeous restaurant you know and to have so many cool uh, things to look at while we ate so yeah. Ron I'm curious so just kind of wind things down here for a, a few questions but so mention up front the it was peculiar for folks when they're getting announced in. That was a little bit of a, you know, outside the norm for uh, Kiwi culture. Anything else on board that you thought was a little like, you know, Disney hadn't accounted for the 
you know, culture that they were kind of encountering and bringing the cruises down to Australia and New Zealand? Oh, yes. I think one that was very controversial in all of the Facebook groups uh, was certainly tipping because here in New Zealand, Ah, tipping isn't a thing. And, you know, there were a lot of people on Facebook, little keyboard warriors who would getting quite upset about, you know, this is New Zealand and we don't do that here and and things. But it was sort of, I guess, because everything was also in American dollars rather than Australian or New Zealand dollars, it already was quite foreign to us and was something you just had to, I guess, account for. And I mean, I only was in the position of needing to tip a few times when I was buying coffee normally. And even then I was not really sure about what the custom was or sort of what to uh, expect or anything like that. But, you know, you just tried not to think about it too much. But certainly I think there were just a few people who were a little bit, uh, I won't say upset, but it just is different and not something that we really know much about. And so I think there could have possibly been a little bit more education around what that was, especially, say, with booking your sailing you know, the price that you paid wasn't necessarily the price that you were paying because you had those gratuities on top of that. And I think for some people that was a little bit of a shock. Certainly once we knew that that was the custom, uh, we were okay with it. And I think that the the service that you're receiving is, you know, so incredible that you want to be able to give those staff, you know, those tips anyway. But certainly tipping was a big one. And also shopping because the prices were in US dollars. Uh, the New Zealand dollar is not great. Well they didn't they didn't offer prices they didn't offer prices up in the local currency. They were still in US dollars. They were I mean I don't think anyone would have bought anything if it was in New Zealand dollars because it was very expensive um, yeah. <laughs> when you converted it. But right. I just tried so not at to least think about you didn't it. you could like ignore you could like uh ignore ignore it or like be just kind of blind, right? Like put your blinders on yeah. and 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 real and not think about the conversion rate. Yeah. What is I it? It's like two to one or something. Yeah. Coffees. I I right. you know, thirteen New Zealand dollar <laughs> coffee. I was, yeah, but there were things I did know at least, and I was grateful to go in for shopping. For example, uh, I I had a budget, and I also had a shopping plan. I knew what I was wanting to get, and we did line up on the very first day, actually waiting for the shop doors to open so that we could go and buy those items before they sold out. Because that was one thing I think they weren't expecting the uh, enthusiasm, shall we say, for <laughs> all things Disney in uh, everything sold out, every sailing. There were some things that sold out while they were still sailing in Australia that never even made it to New Zealand because they just kept on restocking and then were just completely sold out, which was a little hard. We also weren't able to have Mickey bars here in New Zealand because of some of our um, food I laws. I heard that. I heard that they had to switch. They, had to, they, they <laughs> ran out of Mickey bars and had to restock with a local ice cream bar. That, and people were pretty upset about it. So yeah, I would be upset oh, too. Oh, that makes yeah. me so sad. <laughs> but no, I did still get my spirit jersey, which was really special. Yeah, someone else was complaining that the beer on board was all local beer and then they disparaged the local beer. So there, <laughs> the local beer here is crap. So yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting thoughts, Lauren. I think the the tipping thing is, it makes sense um, because it's not a thing in a lot of parts of the world. Even I, we know that uh, some of the, in some European countries, obviously tipping is also not really a thing. And so we've seen in some of the Facebook groups 
for sailings over in Europe in particular, because those, while they're still heavily American, uh, there are, you know, more people from the UK and from, you know, France and Germany and a few other places. Um, but still, like I said, heavily American. But there is a lot of work that gets done in those Facebook groups in, you know, people asking questions and usually Americans saying, hey, these people don't get paid as much as they would if they were paid a you know minimum wage in your country and they rely on the tips and that's just how the system works and this is a very american thing to tip we do it every day in restaurants and coffee shops and everywhere basically so except for except for like clothing stores where there's obviously you know set prices you don't tip but yeah restaurants uh and bars and you know and any any food place, basically tipping is a part of our culture. But um, yeah, I totally understand that if it's not really well publicized and not really clear, particularly at the time of booking, that can be really hard. I mean, what they probably should have done for those sailings is include the, uh, you know, like the prepaid gratuities, you can, of course, you can always like raise or lower the gratuities um, that Disney sort of sets for the for the cast members, I would tell people, anyone who's listening, please don't lower them. The Disney doesn't set them that high by U.S. standards. Please at least, you know, please pay that, um, those prepaid gratuities because the cast members are relying on it. But if you have excellent service, you know, and you can afford to, feel free to tip more. <laughs> so Totally. And I just, I just want to say, this is something that I'm not entirely sure how common it is uh, on Disney sailings. And I guess for us, it was a strange but kind of unique experience in that because we weren't uh, sailing anywhere, it didn't necessarily matter as much. We actually, we had our sail away party at about 4.30 in the afternoon and we didn't actually leave port until 2 a.m. <laughs> so so that, that is a little... <laughs> It is a little unusual. I will tell yeah. you, usually the sail away party is right before you actually sail away. But there are times where a sail away gets delayed and it is hours later. We've had that happen to us. We just had that happen to We us. just had that happen in San Diego where they did the sail away, they honked the horn, and then uh, we didn't leave for like four or three, Two or four three, hours. Two or three, four hours. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. A lot of it depends on if they've been able to get all the the resupply on the ship that they need and, you know, that sort of thing. So Yeah. They said it was so that their cast members could enjoy Auckland, uh, which oh. I think is probably true because we were there on a, a Saturday, so they could have enjoyed some of the nightlife and things. But what we actually did is we uh, went to sleep for a few hours and then woke up uh, at 2 a.m. to say goodbye <laughs> to Auckland and to watch the the Auckland skyline as it drifted. Yeah, it was, real, it was actually really cool uh, that to do that. That is cool. Yeah, just a little bit different, I guess. But it was strange to actually on holiday, as they told us, but then to just be sat in port for several hours. But you do forget, unless you're outside, you do forget that you're even on a ship, which I thought was incredible and like kind of mind blowing, really. But yeah, definitely next time I'm hoping we will actually leave when we leave, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess, Lauren, I'm going to save one more question for the very end of the show, but I think we have reached that point in the show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know is rapid fire. So, Sam, you want to take it away? Absolutely. All right, Lauren, you knew this was coming. I know you listened to our show. 
I'm going to ask you some Disney favorites, and then I'm going to ask you some Disney Cruise Line favorites. I'm going to check off the box and say your favorite ship is the Disney Wonder. So I'm not going to ask <laughs> you that question. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with who is your favorite Disney character? And Disney means anything that Disney owns. I'm going to say something a little potentially left field here. And I think if I met this particular character, I would once again cry. Uh, but I actually really like Baymax. Yes. Oh. Brian is <laughs> obsessed with Baymax. One of my favorites. <laughs> yes. of my favorites oh, yeah. Love him. Love him so much. Uh, otherwise, Dory from Finding Nemo as well. As my nickname was Dory all through high school. So yeah, another special one for me. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a compliment, Lauren. <laughs> I, I don't know, but hey, it's it's great to have lots of Dory merch because of it. So <laughs> perfect. Love it. All right, what is your favorite Disney movie? Oh, my my favorite Disney movie? Yeah, that is really hard. I, I probably do have a few favorites, so I'm just going to say the one that's top of mind today and go with Lilo and Stitch. Awesome. We were just talking about Lilo and Stitch earlier today. We were talking about, what's his name? Agent Bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite Disney song? Favorite Disney song? Ooh, be a necessities. All yeah, right. this, I feel like these are really unconventional answers, but no, this. I mean, bear yeah. who doesn't who doesn't like bare necessities? It's classic. <laughs> I mean, Jungle Book is such a great one. Yeah. All right, we're gonna stick with uh, in the creative arts and ask you. And we're circling back to this question we talked about earlier, which is your favorite show, favorite stage show on the Disney Wonder. You have three choices. I'm gonna go. I really did enjoy the Golden Mickeys. Wow. You are in yeah. Team Brian right now, not <laughs> Team Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. You are winning. You are winning. <laughs> I don't know about that, Brian. I'm the one who makes the rules of this game. <laughs> All right. What was your favorite um, bar space on board the Disney Wonder? Oh, I did really enjoy the Cadillac Lounge, I think. Favorite onboard activity? All of the trivia. Awesome. I thought you were going to say all of the characters, but trivia is a great answer I mean, too. <laughs> all of the characters, definitely. But I think Nick Sailing, I might, you know, if I was going to be doing something again and again, I probably am not going to stand in line for characters for that same length of time again and again, because it, it was a lot. And now that I've met them, I'm less... I'm less excited to meet some of them again. No offense. I'm, my, my, my attitude might change by the next time, but the trivia was fun every time, regardless of how badly we did. So, <laughs> Well, you might want to, you know, stand in line if they had a special outfit or if it was a special Definitely. character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Tell me a favorite space on the ship. So just a space on the ship that you really enjoyed other than Cadillac Lounge. Uh -huh. Oh, I, I did really enjoy being uh, in the adults-only uh, area on the pool deck. I thought that was quite quite nice. It was, it was crazy to me how much quieter it was <laughs> when you could... But it was weird. You could walk from, you know, the big family area a few meters, and it was like you were in a completely different world. And I, I'm I was amazed by how they'd managed to block that sound out. It was very, very twang. Frank, well, it was really nice to be able to lie there in the sun and relax because, uh, yes, we didn't get off the ship, but you could still do, you know, some sunbathing and some relaxing there. So that was that was really nice. What was your favorite rotational dining restaurant? 
I'm going to go with animators. I, I love them all, but animators was probably my favorite. Awesome. I That's my favorite as well. Um, all right. Now we've got to talk a little bit of food. I've got to ask, what was a favorite sweet item on board and what was a favorite savory item on board? We'll start with the sweet. Oh, favorite sweet item. I definitely did enjoy the, is it the bin? But, but how do you say it? The beignets? The, ba- the, the beignets. The beignets. Yes. The beignets. They, I'd heard so much about them. And so it was really exciting to get to try those. We did only have them the one time at Tiana's, but I did really enjoy them. And I think next time I would be, um, I already learned about uh, the French Quarter happy hour after we got off the ship. But I think next time I would be going to happy hour definitely to have some more because they were fantastic. And yes, they are delicious. To try them. And I probably would have said the Mickey bars if I got to try those or Dole Whip if I got to try that because I feel like those are very much things that in New Zealand we're like, whoa, Disney, like Disney food. But unfortunately, <laughs> right. I couldn't try those. And there were no Mickey churros either, which I would have loved to have tried as well. So, yeah. To, well, so two, two tips here. So, the, uh, unless they just weren't on board. So, they do have Dole Whip usually at one of the pool bars. Um, yeah. There's a pool bar that's like near the ice cream station, and they usually have a Dole Whip machine there. That's possible. It's a it's for purchase though. It's like and it's usually they'll make you like a rum drink with the Dole Whip. Well, uh, but you can you ask can for have a just the Dole Whip, but they still they charge you. Dole Whip. Yes, but they still charge you for it, Brian. It's sure. not like it's the ice cream machine yeah. right next to there. Sure. No, I and, couldn't the other, find but, any anyway. But the other tip is uh, the Mickey Churro waffle. Uh, so which you you can order. If you if if Lauren you could eat it, <laughs> it's a it's a a fun breakfast food that gets close to a churro but not quite. So yeah, yeah, it's very sweet though. Next oh, it's extremely time. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite savory item? All of the bread. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, I did really enjoy every evening. I mean, I tried really hard not to fill up on the bread, but it was always really exciting having bread uh, before dinner especially because it was different every every night. And yeah, yeah, I love that, that was quite nice. Yeah. All right. The last question of Rapid Fire, Lauren, is bucket list cruise. If you could go anywhere on the world in the world and it was on a Disney cruise ship, where would you? You know, I mean, I would obviously love to come over to the States and to cruise pretty much anywhere there, uh, probably on one of the already established routes. But otherwise, it would be really, really cool to go back and cruise around Japan, I feel like, do a little bit of Tokyo Disney, Tokyo Sea, and then uh, to cruise around sort of those islands. Because, yeah, I went there when I was a teenager and I was too young to really appreciate it. So it would be really magical to get to go back. But no, even just getting to cruise in my own backyard is awesome. So maybe if they could do a cruise that actually travels around New Zealand instead of just from one port, <laughs> then that would be really special too. Awesome. Well, they those all sound wonderful. I would be jumping on that Tokyo one for sure. Well, Lauren, we really appreciate you taking the time to come to us all the way from down under to uh, to share your experience on this fabulous cruise that you took uh, out of New Zealand or out of Auckland. Uh, I had one more question, which is, it sounds like you're definitely going to go back, uh, you know, or you really want to go back. Um, 
Is is that right? Did you did you really enjoy the experience enough that you want to get back on board? A thousand percent. In fact, I would love to know if you have any tips for dealing with like the post Disney cruise come down because I <laughs> have been genuinely so depressed. It's really terrible. But um, I have looked at doing another sailing in about a year's time. And there's also rumors that they will bring over a bigger ship the following year if the success of Disney down under does continue which is also really exciting because i thought the wonder was incredible but it looks like some of those other newer ships are even even more magical so yes definitely i will be on one but i really really need to stop feeling so sad because you know it's a long it's a long time away so if you have any tips please let me know all right well the tips i'm going to give you the the number well there's two tips uh, the first tip is book the next one because then it gives you something to look forward to, right? But the real one that I use, well, I mean, it's a little different for Brian and I, but it's listen to our podcast. No, <laughs> wait, no, hold on, hold on. You don't listen to our podcast no, at no, that's all. What I'm say- no, that's not what <laughs> I'm Brian, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't, I, mine is different because uh, we're recording the podcast. So for us, the thing that keeps us going until the next cruise and keeps us from having that DCL depression um, is really talking to other people who have cruised, right? And hearing their stories and getting to relive that magic through their eyes. And so that's what we've just done here today with you. It, that's the thing that keeps me going. So I think, and I've heard this from other folks that listening to Disney Cruise Line podcasts is the thing that keeps them excited and keeps them from being depressed if their what, next what, cruise is far up, you know, far away. What shameless self-promotion you just you know, engaged in. Samantha, I, but, you know, yeah, there you okay. go. She there asks go. for solutions, I give solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for coming on. We, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And who knows, maybe one day I'll be able to join you two on board. How cool would that be? That would be amazing, uh, yes. Lauren. We would, would love, love that. Love anytime. It. You join us anytime. big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney 
family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.